Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 78 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on March 24th, 2017 on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the live chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have the voice that launched a thousand ships, Justin Sane 0516. Justin, how have the drops been for you this week? They've been amazing. I created the best character on DC Universe, <laughs> and... <laughs> He pretty much is a sun singer. He's he's got all kinds of abilities, and and not least of which is immolation. Yeah. The best one. For the record. Lights himself on fire. For for, for the pins in chat, it was Bender with wings. Mm -hmm. He was a punk rock god. Get off him. If you were there, oh god, if you were there Wednesday night, every time that Justin got in a fight, we would hear immolation. Every time. Every time. Oh man. Well, Mel had a last minute call that required to change her schedule up this week, so be sure to let her know that we miss her over on Twitter. Her handle over there is at the wind of the stars. And then also from the depths of the madness-inducing mind maps, we are joined by our favorite Gunter, the one and only green-eyed music lover. Green, hope you're doing well. How was the week for you so far? It's It's been interesting. It's been kind of a busy, crazy week out here. Uh, fire started back up last night, but luckily we got some rain to help tamp those guys down. But beyond the crazy, scary nature is trying to kill us type stuff going on, it's been good. That's always nice. That's, I mean, yeah. the, the, it's good part, not the nature trying to right. kill. We didn't. Well, you know. Yeah. You, because see, we live, we live in the States. We don't live in Australia. So that is not a normal thing for us. Right. Uh, if for me, it's not a normal nature. thing for me. Oh, okay. I guess I just, <laughs> I live in the wild west. Fair enough. That's all you need to know. People. Okay. I live in the wild west. Hi. <laughs> I was waiting for this. <laughs> You got a lot of nerve talking like that to me. Hey, yeah. You want to go? Draw! I live close to Dodge City. You want to go? Skin that smoke wagon. I have my hunter safety card. I can carry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Now I'm just going to quote Tombstone the rest of the episode. Thanks. There you go. Yeah, no problem. Last last time it was uh, the Lion King. Now it's Tombstone. Mm. Much better movie. I'm, 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 we're moving up in the world. So yeah, I mean, we're on the upswing. So that's <laughs> something to be excited I about. I liked Lion King. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. knew more lines from it. Uh, I like Lion King, except for I thought Nala was a little bit of a gold digger, but that's just me. <laughs> All right, all right. Hey, let's run. Let's run through the <laughs> intro real fast, and then we'll jump into the conversation people want us to be Re- here for. Reel it back in, Blue. Yeah, yeah. All right, here. Let's get through the intro. The topic of today's chat is going to be an in-depth exploration of the lore surrounding the radiant figures of Sunsinger warlocks. I asked Green to put together a high-level summary of the topic, and this is what she had to say. Ready if you are. Let's do this. Sunsingers, 
Warlocks whose discipline is wreathed in flames, rising from their own ashes in a burst of light. But to what purpose? Vengeance upon those who oppose them? To prove they hold within themselves the power to resurrect themselves without a ghost? One thing cannot be denied. This form of the warlock class excels at not only dealing punishment, but also in supporting their fire team. They lift the whole group to new heights on wings of flame. This warrior scholar excels at proving that there is more than one way to overcome an obstacle. They show, with their radiance, how even in death, guardians can defy the darkness. Who are these warrior bards who revel in the music of the sun and make the light itself sing? They are the angels who lift their allies and are the demons who plague their enemies. They are phoenixes who rise up in flame to do battle with those who oppose them. These are sun singers, and their song is that of the protective wrath of the light. Before we get into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes. In our last chat, we looked at those who navigated the realms of the dead, the Thanatonauts. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, as well as links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat out in the internets. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to give us some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. These include Guardian Radio, the official podcast for the Guardians of Destiny, Guardian One, Ghost and Echoes, which also has the Destiny audio grimoire, and the network's newest edition, a non-Destiny podcast, Paragon Radio. Our next chat's going to be an in-depth lore dive of the subclass who teaches that a guardian aims with their eye, shoots with their mind, and kills with their hearts. Gunslingers. It'll be an interesting chat. I'll set my watch and warn on it. With that, let's go ahead and dive into the information and thoughts that the community had on Sunsingers. Lorebot, let's go. Query. Grimoire. Database. Results found. Displaying on screen. All right. Thank you, Randy. Um, the Sunsinger. There are flames that even the darkness cannot extinguish. These are dark times. Humanity stands on the brink of extinction. We will carry fire into the darkness. A beacon to guide the way and a pyre to consume our great enemy. The light saved us from death and forged us into weapons. We seek to understand it, to embrace it, to consume and be consumed by it. We hope to become radiant. Our fellow guardians need our power. Our civilization needs our strength. Dun dun dun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty 
pretty uh, crazy stuff. The old Sun Singer there. The 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 one little bit of this um, summary of the Sun Singer that stands out to me is we hope to become radiant. Mm-hmm. Like that is the Zen state that is the end all for them. Mm-hmm. Becoming radiant. Um, which a lot of the Sun Singer flavor text and stuff kind of leads me to believe that that um, solar light is the natural state. Um, and that's that's kind of off in the weeds on something else, but I think the sun singers actually tap into the purest form of light that we have available to us and that they, they themselves become, you know, solar energy. Well, and I was going to, that's actually going to follow that up with too. Uh, the, the concept of them carrying a fire into a darkness. Okay. So, I mean, first off, everyone who, I mean, uh, if you're not familiar with this class, um, these are the people who run around that look like they're on fire. They are the burning men and women of the guardian ranks. And so when they say that they will carry the fire into the darkness and they want to be a beacon to guide the way and appear to or pyre to consume our great enemy, they are not speaking figuratively. They are actually talking literally. They will light themselves on fire. And then actually guide you using that. If you've ever seen a sun singer go like come back fireborn, it's very bright and it's very useful, especially in the thrall race on Crota's end, because um, you can tell where your team has gone. But the other thing is a pyre is um, actually is a heap of combustible material, especially one that's used for burning a corpse as part of a funeral ceremony. Now. Green, I know you're going to go into this a little bit down the road. Um, Mm -hmm. But the other thing here is they are literally offering themselves as that combustible material to burn their enemies. So keep keep that in mind, too, for the Sun Singers is this is not they're not saying, oh, I'm going to shoot our enemies. No, they're going to go up and get close and then literally engulf them in their own flames. So in that's you know that's dedication that's where you see a lot of like the praxic mentality and stuff like that um but yeah I I, I don't uh, Justin I don't know if it's the purest form of, I know I think I know what you're saying but I hesitate to say that it's the quote purest form of light it's the only thing Light is a spectrum, so it's oh hard to okay. Say well, I mean, just... okay, yes, in that, but like not light as in capital L light, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, then yes, um, I'm okay with that. Something <laughs> that I would say to add, add uh, unless Justin wants to, <laughs> unless Justin wants to. No, I don't want to throw it down in the first five minutes. No, <laughs> we're good. He's gonna save it, save his strength. Yeah. Uh, and now I got a I got a little bit of a southern accent coming in. So I don't I don't know, Justin. I blame you. Um, You're welcome. Uh huh. So something I'd like to say, even though it's kind of it's super intuitive, but this class in particular actually proves that we don't have to have our ghost to necessarily activate our our abilities. 
or ghost is kind of a conduit as far as other things, but this ability, you don't have the ghost to resurrect you. You resurrect yourself with it if you're going to use that that perk. So it just kind of proves that the guardian itself is able to produce our supers without any boost or help from the ghost at collecting things or doing whatever a ghost may do. Trying yeah, to it basically, it basically shows that the ghost is not necessary for for a super to be activated. And right. for for um for resurrection, like the initial resurrection, the the initial jump for the the electric circuit was necessary to have a ghost, but Sunsingers prove that there are situations in which guardians can, given you know the particular philosophy or psych psychology, depending on how you want to look at the classes, um. You know, there there is situations in which we don't need the ghosts to resurrect us, and we don't even need other guardians to resurrect us as well. Right. And then I had one other thing, Justin. Did you have anything you wanted to toss in before we go to the the next card? No, I think we're good. Okay. The only other thing I did want to make a note here also is that, that last those last two lines. It says our fellow guardians need our power and our civilization needs our strength. I'm going to circle back to this when we talk about the uh, the th- one of the theories that we found about the origin of the Sunsinger class. Um, but that that does actually – this is one of the points on that theory that I do actually agree with. This kind of points to Sunsingers as kind of seeing themselves as innate leaders. Uh, the, the, they think that they are a guide. They think that they are going to be the strongest of the – the civilization needs their strength. Um, you know, and, and I think that's, that's something that is somewhat consistent across all subclasses. This is not by any means an exclusive mindset for, you know, this particular subclass of the warlocks, but it is, it is worth noting that whereas some classes kind of seem, or some subclasses kind of seem to take it as a given, Sunsingers actually call it out. They actually kind of kind of pointed out just without subtlety, without any, you know, obfuscation or anything like that. They are like, no, no, we, we are going to show you where you can go, where it is safe for you to walk. Um, and one of the ways that they actually do that is through the use of becoming radiant or their radiance. Um, and green, I think you were going to grab that, that mm-hmm. grimoire card. So the grimoire card for radiance says, Open yourself to the light. Glimpse for a few rapturous moments the truth beyond the powers you wield. A warlock in a state of radiance threatens to slip beyond the bonds of the material, shrugging off, a phys- shrugging off physical harm, channeling a torrent of abilities. Some may learn to elevate nearby guardians, gifting them with power. Others, entranced by the ghost's power to reach beyond death, may learn to pluck themselves out of nothingness like the phoenix of ancient myth. So this guy, I mean, it's kind of a shout out to a lot of the different power, subclass powers that you get in the different nodes, talking about uh, the one that pretty much everybody tends to use, the the phoenix raised from death subpower, which I have to pull up because I can't remember it off the top of my head because I don't play this class. <laughs> uh if you don't know, I play 
Hunter. So these guys, it's been kind of fun. I actually did try to play this a little bit more this week. Song of Flame, yeah. I think. Is that, uh, no. no, it's right. No. Uh, it's Fireborn. What is it? Fireborn? Ah, <clears throat> yeah, Fireborn is. The is it's the Radiance can now be activated from beyond the grave. Yeah, that guy. And then some of them you actually kind of boost people's ability to recharge things, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that's another thing that's worth noting here is that Sunsingers, um, Sunsingers are actually really intended as a somewhat or not even a somewhat they are they are designed really as a support class. Uh, mm-hmm. They are meant to pull the team up, you know, help them heal. They have they're super. Two of the three nodes, or two of the three, I guess, flavors of the super. You have Song of Flame, which uh, basically reduces all cooldowns for your nearby allies when you have the Radiance popped. And then also you have Radiant Skin, which basically reduces incoming damage. Um, those are two, and you only have three. And Fireborn itself, um, that just allows you to self-res. Um and it's, I guess my point there is that you don't have, other than the defender, the initial subclasses really didn't have built into them support roles, and uh, you know, and then in the new classes, the the support role that was introduced is now all three classes have support roles with the Night Stalker, but mm-hmm. the uh, the intent of Radiance was really actually meant to be kind of a buff a buffing ability for the rest of your party. And I think that's really yeah. interesting as well. Justin, I know you, which, which isn't how most people use. Oh, no. It. Right. No. Right. Right. Well, most but I mean, but that as, yeah, this is a get out of jail free card. Right. And I, but I think in a way that's also, you know, that's off that, that is also a support. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. So, but I, I just, yeah, no, it, it, it always has kind of struck me as interesting that juxtaposition so, of this is, this is what we built the class or this is what it seems like they built the class for or subclass for. And then on the opposite side of the spectrum kind of is how that's actually played. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you agree with me that uh, radiance is kind of their, their Zen state they strive for? Um. Yeah, it's it's uh I mean just just really, you know I mean just just right there the opening of the card is open yourself to the light. They are they are and it's called a state of radiance. Um <laughs> you know, it says a warlock in a state of radiance threatens to slip beyond the bonds of the material. Uh and so like yeah, I think that's entirely it it's the it's the focusing to the point of be becoming one with the force, if you would. Uh, they are they are literally becoming a pure conduit for l- the energy of the light, and I think yeah, I think I think that is exactly what it is. Is you know on a on a bah, 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 what what word am I looking for? Philosophical, religious kind of combination of the two. Um, that is exactly what what it which is kind of why you know when we start talking about the the warlocks that we think are sun singers that's kind of why i i have a a strong feeling that pajari is actually a sun singer um just again from the uh just the the uh, connotation of the name and then this card in and of itself well it's just funny because just reading this the way they 
kind of the way they dance around the term radiance um, kind of furthers my belief, like my whole kind of a interpretation of light as electromagnetic radiation, Mm -hmm. because um, I kind of view radiance as like achieving a unity power factor, meaning you've been able to match up all the different waveforms, the current, the voltage, and now you're glowing. And that's what a, like an incandescent light bulb, that's a purely resistive load and it's a power factor of one, which is unity. Um, and that's how I view the sun singer as like, he's been able to kind of sync himself up mm-hmm. in, you know, kind of the oscillations of the different frequencies of the light that channel through him. And he's been able to sync these up in such a way that now he is pretty much his own little nuclear reactor. I can see that. I mean, the other thing you got to think about too, is the fact that you're literally the function of the, especially the, what is the power again? Today you were on it. Uh, song of no Fireborn. Song of Fireborn. Uh, fire, Fireborn. Fireborn. Is so the, yeah. Sorry. Yes. That go ahead. Power. You go from having basically no light and dead to being completely overwhelmed and filled with more light than you can actually physically hold within yourself that you're able to toss off excess of it to basically run the timer down and let it burn off faster. I mean, that's the physical manifestation of it. You're, you're in, you're imbuing yourself with so much light somehow. And that's something I kind of find most fascinating about this class is because you didn't, I mean, you had this light within you, but you're dead because then you can't necessarily activate it, but because you had the supercharged you light this little flame with inside of you and it grows to such expanse that you're completely encompassed by it and you have to get rid of it in some way to keep from emulating. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, Oh, excuse me. Uh, I was going to actually kind of bring, I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but I guess, you know, these, so just, just for those listening and for those in the chat, these are really the only two grimoire cards that we have specifically in relation to sun singers. Um, there's, there's obviously cards out there that deal with characters who we feel are sun singers or that we know are sun singers, but we're not going to necessarily read them because we're really talking about the, the overall subclass, right? So like the, the favoritism of the subclass, not any one particular one. We are going to talk about those figures, um, but not not to the level of that. But I did want to kind of turn back and look at this concept of them being phoenixes, which Green actually kind of taught, uh, kind of kind of gives a nod to what you're saying a little bit is mm-hmm. this reservoir of power, right? Um, so like phoenixes, most people are probably familiar with the concept of a phoenix. A phoenix is a, a usually a usually portrayed as a bird uh, that has a tendency to die in some fashion and then actually come back to life from the ashes of its death or from the ashes of its uh, corpse. Uh, in some cultures, this is be- the ashes are literal. In some cultures, it is actually believed that they actually explode 
in a conflagration of, of fire and, you know, and, and they burn themselves to death. In other cultures, they believe that the phoenix uh, was just would just die and would uh, rot away and just fall apart. And then the bird would be reborn. No necessarily fire. The, the actual connection to the fire was actually believed to be from the Egyptians. Uh, and this is usually attributed to Herodotus, which was written in about 5th century BC. So this is, this is you know, way, 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 way back. Um, and this is actually, it, it wasn't really actually the phoenix. It was actually a another cr- creature that was called the Binu, which is a solar bird that was observed in some respects to be similar to the Greek phoenix. So this is Herodotus writing about so the Greeks called their mythological creature a phoenix. The Egyptians had a similar mythological creature called the Binu. Um, and Herodotus kind of gives a gives a little bit of a nod in some of his writings to be like, I haven't seen it, but I've seen pictures and it's really rare. And apparently it only comes like once in every 500 years and blah. blah. And so like he, he's kind of like he's like, OK, here's this. Here's this bird that they say is like our bird, and I don't really believe them, but I'm going to write it down anyways. <clears throat> and and that's where the kind of the connection where with the sun started really kind of getting getting recorded. Um, you you have I mean you talk about the etymology. Uh, the modern word phoenix is derived from Middle English, uh, which is actually derived before eleven eleven fifty. Uh, from around the year 750, uh, it's Phoenix as the old English term. And that is from medieval Latin, which kind of goes back to the classical Latin and then go to the Greek, uh, phonics. Um, and then like, this is actually theorized to be connected to Phoenicia, the civilization famous for its production of purple dye. Uh, and so there, there's this huge etymology line that you can go into with the Phoenix. But the big thing about the Phoenix is it's always been kind of ascribed to fire. It's always been, it bur- it comes to life from the ashes of its, of its previous self. It's, it's a imagery of rebirth and it's not a peaceful rebirth. And that's the other thing that's interesting with the Phoenix is that the Phoenix is often used to symbolize renewal in general as well as the sun, time, uh, it's called metam- metempsychosis, consecration, resurrection, life in the heavenly paradise, and then uh, later when it gets taken into the Christianity uh, mythos, you have Christ, Mary, uh, the exceptional man, Christian life, the empire, um, even virginity in some cases. It, it, there's there's huge, huge ramifications of the phoenix, but... That is all to go back to the question of, okay, where does the power come from? And there's this concept that this phoenix is an immortal creature that doesn't actually, it's it's an immortal creature, but it's not immortal. And what I mean by that is it has to experience death, but it can't die. So what happens is it dies, but then it's reborn as a new self. Um, but it's theoretically the same bird. So the same memories are still coming back and back. And that's where we kind of get the connection to the fire borrowing perk, because when you die as a sun singer, when you die as a sun singer, you're dead. But if you activate fireborn, you basically ignite that reservoir of light energy that you have had stored within yourself 
and come back to life. The same, but from beyond the grave. And so that's where you kind of get that the symbology of the phoenix in connection to the sun singer. Um, and green, I know, I don't know, did you want to talk a little bit about the connection with flame and the Viking funerals at this point, or do you want me to talk a little bit more about like purification of fire? Uh, it can actually tie in together so we can tag team it a little bit. Okay. Do you want to, you want to take, take point on that one? Sure. So, uh, the Viking funeral, everyone kind of knows it from the pop culture references of you put the guy on the boat. He's got a pyre of, combustible material like we talked about at the beginning and they light it on fire and they send him off to sea and his body is completely uh, destroyed from the fire. Well, there's a whole lot more that kind of goes into the funeral rites with it. Um, There's songs that are sung. There's a lot of uh, consumption of adult beverages. There's a lot of partying that ends up happening and it's a lot of just joyous. uh, it's, It's probably the most joyful funeral in some respects, but it's a long funeral. And so these, uh, the, the Norse would pull all these people together and family was recognized and everyone got to talk about them. There was a lot of stuff, just great funeral. It'd be kind of a cool funeral to have. And then they would basically put with him, the, the dead, the deceased, uh, all of the belongings that he they think he would need in Valhalla onto the boat with the pyre and everything, including a uh, a volunteer, essentially. A volunteer, generally a young woman, would go out there with him and they would be consumed by the flame and fire as they get sent off to sea. So it's kind of the idea that once his body is burned, he will be reborn within the new land just kind of think about it as the egyptians without the mummification they just completely get rid of them instead almost identical in other ways though but the whole purpose of burning the person is to actually uh, purify his spirit it's getting rid of the body because the body is dirty and not even functioning anymore so they burn the person completely up and send him off into the spirit realm as in the most purest form he could be in. So blue, you want to jump on the purification? You don't, you don't want to talk about the thrall? No, I did. I called her a volunteer. Um, No, we're not going to talk about, I don't want to go into everything that the, the volunteer has to do. Um, safest way to say it, volunteer is probably the most lucky, unlucky woman the entire funeral. And let's be honest. Yeah. Let's yeah, be honest. Would... Volunteer is probably a kind way of putting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. All right. Moving on to more pleasant, pleasant topics. Um, so purification of fire. So, you know, Green was talking about this this concept of fire being a, a good medium in how to to get to the afterlife. It is said that fire facilitates the voyage to the realms of the dead. Um, 
And there, and there's a lot, it's not just Vikings. It's not just Norse. It's not by any means, any particular religious or social context that sees this fire has in pretty much every single social context been attributed to a purification of some kind. And that really kind of seems to stem from just actually the natural way that fire, uh, refreshes things. And, Again, just like the Phoenix, this is not a peaceful refresh. Um, fire is often used to cleanse away brush and overgrowth, and it actually is Even used in by the medical field. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, and then yeah, purification, uh, sterilization of things. It kills everything, but it also allows the the ground that it has burned away. So, like when when a um, previously when a farmer would need to reseed a field. Often cases they would actually burn the field, and what still that do it? Yeah, some. Yeah, I think actually that is, is it still a pretty common practice. I know. Oh yeah, growing um, up they, it was. Every, yeah, they they totally do. They do it every couple of years. Each field will get uh, a burning. They have to notify the fire department ahead of time. But so they still do burn cycles. Are, oh yeah, okay. totally. Because it's a way to actually replenish the ground itself because it adds nitrogen back into the ground. Right. And so, so what what we're what we're talking about is it's called burn cycles, or I don't know. There's different names for it, um, mm-hmm. but what it, what it is is there is a when you're when you're farming, there is kind of a a schedule based on the crop that you're growing on a field that after which the field is really useless to be to be kind of simple about it It, it, it's there's nothing left for the plants to like the next year's plants is not going to grow because there's nothing left for them corn is really bad because corn sucks everything up uh Mm -hmm. so their burn cycles are a lot faster uh wheat is i think wheat's like what three years four i can't remember but like depending on the crop that burn cycle, you know, you'll you'll rotate through these different years. So what a burn cycle is is that after after you've reaped all the that year's crop, the farmer will come in and actually light the field completely and burn it to the ground. And what this does is it actually like like Green was just saying, it kind of forces nitrogen back into the ground. It also kind of gives the ground this refresh. Um and what that does is then the next year when that farmer goes to seed that ground, that same ground that was before kind of barren is now actually better to to receive that seeding and you actually can continue growing crops on that. Obviously, this is this is very detrimental to, you know, the natural way. But the, the interesting thing here is that nature actually does this as well. There are natural wildfires which will sweep through areas which purge the earth and actually allow regrowth at accelerated rates. Um, it is actually a, a natural phenomenon and natural cycle of life. Uh, so don't don't blame all of the wildfires on human on humans. Like you can blame a lot of them, but not all of them. Some of them are actually just yeah. That's just that's nature. Um, mm-hmm. Now now. How does that connect to a social context? Well, like I said, people notice this stuff. People start figuring this stuff out. So they start associating this in the mythology. They start associating. You have the phoenix. You have 
different types of mythological creatures that actually deal with fire and with purification and and different things. And usually that purification is in the form of flames. You also have figures such as the angels and demons from Christian mythology. There is actually an angel of light perk for the Sunsinger. And this is where you kind of start getting a bit of a... There's an interesting connection to another uh, set of armor that I'll talk about here in a second. But even the Fireborn perk itself for the Sunsinger, you come back and if you look really closely, you have wings of fire. You are very angelic in presentation here. And there's there's an interesting connection here with a set of armor called the Seraph armor. Um, and I'm going to read the flavor text real quick from the, the separate pieces. There are there are uh, two different types. Well, I guess four different types, actually, because they have the reforms. So let's start at the head. So the helmet, the Seraph 2 helmet, says, maybe we were someplace good, you know. And then the ghost took us away. The arm says, what do you think happened to us before the ghost woke us up? The chest says, I'm not talking about our lives. I'm talking about what happened between the first one and the new one. And the legs say, wherever we were, do you think it sometimes wants us back? And then this is the one that I really, really appreciate is the bond. And it says, some of the city folk call us angels. Others take a different view. So for those who might not might not know this. A seraph is an angel. That is actually what a seraph is. Um, you you kind of we've talked about this a lot in the Discord chat. If you really want me to go on a kick, I can actually send you all my notes on the etymology of seraph. Um, it's it's a lot. Uh, but a seraph is when you say seraph, you mean angel. That is what it is. So the, you have an armor clot. You have an armor set that is actually named the angel armor. Um, the armor comes in four models. You have the Seraph one, the Seraph two, the Seraph reform one, and the Seraph reform two. All of, all of them have the same flavor text. There's no change in there. However, there is an interesting connection to Teamer in here in that he is noted as asking, I believe it was Fellwinter, have you ever wondered what it is that calls you in that void of memory where the edge of the past infects your present? It's an itch you can't scratch, isn't it? Well, maybe you can. So a couple things here, too, is there's a possible connection to the beginning of the philosophy that eventually would lead to the creation of the Thanatonauts. Um, And then obviously the connection back to the Seraph armor. And that then in line connects to the presentation of the Sunsinger as an angelic or even, you know, a demonic figure. Uh, depending on which side of the which side of the fight the the person that's looking at the guardian is, um, and so there there's that whole thing right there. Uh, there is also cases even within uh, Christian mythology, especially, which is what I'm what I'm much more familiar with than anything else, of the purification of holy flames. Uh, you have any time the the divine would speak to any of the prophets fire was involved uh you actually had a case of a prophet being taken to paradise and a seraphim which is an order of angel uh before he was allowed to use the word of god which was actually the literal word of god the seraphim was was said to have pressed a coal from the holy brazier 
of the the throne of God against his lips and actually seared his lips, which would then in fact purify his mouth. Um, and so that that symbology, that symbolism, that 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 representativeness of purification through flames and through fire. It's not, and it's by no means unique to Christianity. Like I said, you know, you have the Viking funeral. They believe that it was a facilitation into the afterlife. Uh, actually, a lot of the European cultures has have kind of that feeling. Uh, other than there's 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 a few uh, qualifiers depending on what particular context you're looking at in a society, because some societies viewed the cremation process as actually detrimental to the taking into the afterlife. Um, some viewed it as helpful. Some viewed it as just logical. I mean, you know, green or and, a space saver. Uh, yeah. Well, and see, here's the <laughs> modern here, terms, modern terms. Yes. yes. And actually that is a modern concept. Um, cremation as a space saver actually wasn't a huge thing. What usually would happen is you would have, especially within medieval, medieval Europe in the, like, especially in the Victorian period, first off you had plagues, which you burn things like you burn the bodies because, you know, like green was saying on a medical sense, that's a purification. You get rid of that. Um, and that was actually huge issue because a lot of times the cause of the uh the one of the attributing causes was people didn't want to cremate the bodies because of religious the religious view that it would actually prevent the person from going to paradise uh and so then they would have instances of people not wanting to burn the body of the infected which then leads to more people getting infected kind of a kind of a catch-22 one of the craziest examples of what we still have today of talking about cremating bodies in that kind of sense is the children's song ring around the Rosie. Yes. That song yes. in and of itself is literally the story of ring around the Rosie, a pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. That is literally telling you the if you have plague. the ring, which is the plague, you, they would stuff your pockets. You would stuff your pockets full of posies to try to keep the smell because you're basically rotting. Yep. And so once they discover that you had that, if you either died on your own or they would basically kind of quarantine you until you die, and then they would lop all these bodies up on the same pile and burn them all at once. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. They would kill them or they would die in their own self-quartered areas. And then they would burn the bodies to get rid of the plague. And we still sing that as a children's song in grade school. <laughs> as so metal. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I mean, there's there's a there's a huge debate. I know Snopes, like if you look it up on Snopes, Snopes is going to tell you that it is not actually connected to the Black Plague. But if you read through, there's there's a lot of connections that people have noted with it. Um I think the major I'm trying to find it real quick because the major connection is from an 1883 model of the poem. 
Because like the children's music books too, it was in right. Yeah, the biggest, the biggest, the biggest problem that they have with it being connected directly to just as a side, the biggest connection that they have is that the the um, a lot of people say that the plague was it, it basically was saying that this rhyme was being repeated five centuries that no one has. <laughs> written it down because it wasn't even it didn't appear in print until 1881 um so if it if it was that yeah it, it's a huge suffice to say it's a huge debate whether or not it's actually done it's actually related to the black plague but there is a lot of connections to it regardless mm-hmm. um but yes that's that's a it yeah the the purification of fire <laughs> is is a huge 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 thing um and anybody who i think the chat was talking about a full discipline build sunsingers are really good at purifying things that through fire or what justin what is it what's that ability called emulation i'm so proud of you <laughs> you could do a metal band you could do like the lead singer of a metal there band. actually i have done a google search there is a metal band called emulation oh god so I'll be listening to them after this podcast. <laughs> no, uh, but to immolate is to sacrifice in fire. Mm-hmm. There aren't all the the um, connotations with purification and no <laughs> the other things that are there with with straight immolation. You're literally it's you're burning a witch at the stake. That's an immolation. That's a or you're example. or you're doing self immolation, which yeah. is actually still a common practice in some parts of the world when they're protesting. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, like what did what did Robin Williams say? No, I was just about to say the Robin Williams. What? The Robin Williams thing is the first what are you thing doing? Fun, making you deal with I'm your- making you deal with your poop. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Robin Williams live on Broadway. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's amazing. Uh, he's such haven't a dirty, seen it. dirty man. <laughs> if if you haven't seen it, immolate right now. <laughs> this is that that comment is not endorsed by Focus Fire Chat. It is the opinion of explicitly Justin saying oh five one six. Immolation. <laughs> um. So let me ask you guys this: um, Are we done with with fires of purification process? For now. For now, before we move into known guardians, the first of whom I I know I'm just, I'm just smitten with um, <laughs> you're emulated with. Yes. Yes. Uh, do we want to maybe talk about the, the music of the spheres connection? Do you, I want to know where you got this connection because I've been trying to figure that out all day. Who, I even went back through. Yeah. Cause I went back through the transcripts and I'm like, what, where did this come from? Not that I'm complaining because okay. I'm excited to talk about it, but. Okay. Well, I don't know where, but I can't speak to blues. So I'll let him speak to where he got it from. And then I'll speak to what I'm seeing. Oh, you want me to go first? Okay. Um, so this was actually kind of a concept that when you say, when you, whenever people start talking about sun singers, um, the first thing that kind of goes through my head is the concept of singing. Um, and then the concept of, what? Which, yeah, I know it's crazy. Um, if you actually look at the sun singers bond, which I'm going to pull that up real fast because this is where the connection came from for me. 
So you have you have a bond. You have it's a Sunsinger's bond. And the flavor text is any scholar can understand the theory, but only those who hear the music can make light sing. So there's the first connection. The uh, second connection was one of the conversations with Ikora, and she makes a comment about the um, again the music of the solar energy and the light, but. Uh, Green, I think you, when when you're talking about music of the series, I think you're talking about the actual like the the musical theories of it. Um, well, actually, or the no. or the album. Uh, no, actually, well, okay, I, mean, I okay, have so kind of the pop culture stuff, but they talk about so. Okay, for any of you who don't know, I actually have a degree in music education. That was mm-hmm. my bachelor's. And in, I pulled out my old music history book, The Development of Western Music. Yay. I actually have a whole half page about Music of the Spheres, and they talk about it in a pretty general sense. But it kind of gets into the idea of what it is, um, not only in my history book, but also in my theory book, because mm-hmm. music is weird. Right. Uh do we want to go into like what the theory is and like the history of it or I can right now? Or do you want, it's like, we can, I'm always happy to talk about philosophy. So, well, okay. So do you want to talk about the quadrium quadrivium a little bit first? Cause it, it ties into that. A uh, tiny bit. I was, I was actually looking at Pythagoras Okay, so the theory comes from Pythagoras, right? Who is also not only a crazy awesome mathematician, he is also accredited. I don't know if you knew this, Blue. He's accredited as being the father of Western music. Yes, uh, there was a there was a old old cartoon that actually did that with Donald Duck. The uh, really, yeah, yes, I, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking Do you about. Know, have you seen this? Oh man, With the war, yes, the music, yes. And, yes, and it's like, and it's the triangle, oh, and it's talking about the golden ratio, and he's talking about um, what was it, the guitar? He's like, if uh-huh. you if you do this, it's a and it's oh my gosh, it was what was that? Oh, I'm gonna go and see the. I don't know what's called the music one for Donald Duck that I remember is when he's playing trombone and he's pissing off everybody in the neighborhood. No, well, no, this just, is this that's is just part yeah. and parcel of playing trombone. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna totally look this up while you're while you're talking. <laughs> okay, so the. Pythagoras. So he talked about the golden ratio a tiny bit right there. What he figured out is if you take a string and if you basically there's different points in the string that will create what's called overtones. And these are kind of magical numbers. You can still do this on a guitar. I'm sure Justin knows how to do this. I can do this on my guitar. You could do it on any string instrument including violin, ukulele, whatever. But what he figured out, there's certain points on the string that create what's called an overtone. And these are mathematically mathematically perfect halves, essentially, halves and quarters, and it goes down and down and down from there, that create uh, intervals going first from your bass note to an octave to, I believe, an octave and a fifth, and then it keeps going on and on and on up. What it ties into the music of the spheres is that the theory talks about how the heavenly body 
heavenly bodies, the different planets and the moon and everything vibrated at different levels, according to this theory, and that the universe itself was built off of these same ratios that the string would vibrate at. Uh, did you find it, Blue? Yes, it's Donald okay. in Math Magic Land. Math yes. Magic Land. So I... it's, okay, anyone, anyone who is curious, this is actually like... Oh my gosh! This was this was like a 1959 car- cartoon that Disney Disney did this series. Disney did this weird series where they were kind of like they. I, I think it was kind of like an education. Was it? I think D, yeah. DJ saying that mm-hmm. it was like an education's cartoon Walt tried series. PCP that week. Yeah. Oh g- yes. Like <laughs> warning: if you watch this bad. cartoon, this thing gets. So so weird. Well, Disney it w- that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It was so like. But the entire time, it's uh, it's talking about like mathmat mathematical theories and the concepts of the history of stuff like that. And it actually there's actually a a connection with Pythagoras and music, where <laughs> where Donald like he's calling everyone eggheads, and then he gets changed into Pythagoras. Or no, he he meets oh, Pythagoras, and like he he basically oh my god oh god I'm gonna have to go watch this now. It's only it's only a thirty minute thing, so it's it's actually huh. not a really long long hmm. video. But yeah, it's uh, Donald in Math Magic Land is the hmm. uh, is the. Video. I was uh, I was unaware Pythagoras had so much to do with music. I mean, oh, yeah. I love his work with triangles, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but. What what you were talking about, Green, and I, I don't know. I'm not classically trained. I I don't know all the, the words. I'm thinking intonation. But mm-hmm. when we're dealing with a musical note, no matter what, what instrument it's played on, we're talking frequency. Right. Um, frequency is simply just, you know, it's it's an oscillating – at a certain at a certain rate, mm-hmm. um, and when when we want to attribute a frequency or a tonal type of uh, frequency to a planet, it's not that far fetched because when you think that most planets have at their core a thermonuclear reactor, you kind of think, yeah, there's some humming going on there. Right, and um, not only that, what literally they would talk about is the idea that the planets move through space and because it moves through space and they knew that space wasn't exactly empty it wasn't mm. i mean they kind of considered it a void but not at the same time that it would basically strum whatever it's passing through yeah. there is space sound we just can't hear it because a we can't hear anything below i can't remember is it like 56 hertz and we can't hear anything above uh no we can hear 56 hertz why am we i we can hear that? 56 we can't hear it's like it's super low it's like it's it's in the twenties, I thought, but right. And then the highest we can hear, we can't hear anything above twenty thousand. Um, but there are frequencies going on constantly around us. We're constantly bombarded by it because it's literally just vibrations of matter moving through and and, and against each other. That's what sound is. Uh, I did find. I pulled out my theory book just a second ago. I did find kind of the. A basic uh, of the, now I can't think of it, overtones, basic set of overtones, and they're 
in another way they called in music is partials. Trumpet players use that. Jay, you should know yes. that one. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I know that one. I, oh God, I played saxophone and it drove me crazy during college having to learn how to play trumpet. Um, We're sorry. <laughs> Which is very hard to do with a saxophone, by the way. Yeah. Well, no, no. Well, switching from a sax to a trumpet—that's, I, I don't envy you. Yeah, I had to learn how to play a lot of instruments. Not well, mind you, but well, I can play a lot of instruments. That's part and parcel of being a musical genius. So I am not a musical genius by any stretch. <laughs> uh, I am not Lady Desiree. That girl's a musical genius. This is true. Yeah. She is. But going into the frequency, it starts at 55, 110, 165, 220, 275. So it's not like perfectly jumping up by doubles at any point. It starts to become a smaller and smaller interval the higher you get in frequency. So mm-hmm. that's just kind of but the start of it. It kind of it kind of brings me back to the whole act of radiance and mm-hmm. um the the whole act of being able to self immolate when mm-hmm. when you think think about what could cause a person to be able to combust spontaneously well this wouldn't be spontaneous it would be controlled by the person but what could cause that imagine if you could make your atoms vibrate at such a rate that the friction of said vibration could cause you to Immolate or combust. Right. It it just That's, requires you to yell flame on. Flame on. No, you must yell immolation. <laughs> but um yeah. No, that's but it's a good there's actually a, there's actually a process, an industrial process for fusing metal together that uses this very technique. It uses an external source for mm-hmm. the um for the vibration of the atoms. Um and it basically takes two pieces of metal together and places them together through um, electromagnetic coils. And then it applies something like a thousand Hertz. So you've got atoms trying to, to switch polarity or electrons rather in atoms trying to switch polarity at um, a thousand times a second. And just the sheer, the sheer friction of this, of this movement creates heat and Mm -hmm. actually, will heat up the, these two metals and fuse them together. The funny part is once it's done immediately, you can grab the coils of this machine and nothing is hot. The only thing that's hot is the metal mm-hmm. because it literally, heat. yeah, exactly. But, but imagine a sun singer being able to, to, because he knows the universe's song, he's able to attune himself to this frequency, this vibration and he's actually able to physically vibrate his electrons in such a way that he can actually emulate on command. Oh, if you want to get into the song of the universe, there's a whole Yay! physics debate about that. I, I want this poster. I want the oh, Harmony God. of the World poster. Oh, God. I want no, it no. Right there. That's not a poster. That's a wallpaper. I, I want it. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Music. I Okay. So... Yeah, I'll, I could get on my high horse again or my my podium and talk about music in relation to science and philosophy and stuff like that horse. for a long time. We should move on before I do that. 
You stay on your high horse, Green. I'm on a it mini. Is so great. You know, I used to raise miniature horses. <laughs> oh God, don't don't Side get him note. started, please. Don't this is another conversation. This is another conversation for later. Can we move to known guardians because the first yeah. is a boss? Go. <laughs> Ariana three of the Praxic Creed, a member of the Lost Crota Fire Team, the doomed fire team that was mm-hmm. led by Tolan the traitor into the clutches of the death singer. She burned so very bright right at the end. She was amazing. And she, uh, she was intense and vengeful. Yeah. It's my kind of woman. <laughs> <laughs> Is your wife coming to guardian? <laughs> no. Uh, dang. no, not if, yeah, no. Um, so, uh, <laughs> also another conversation <laughs> also a different conversation she said I asked if she'd go she said no I have light and fury that should be enough and I said no I'm leaving um, but yeah Ariana is amazing and um, her um, interrogation tactics are somewhat questionable but yeah. um, <laughs> They get results. Uh, nah, yeah, not fire or not waterboarding. Yeah, it's I don't like think Omar really appreciated fireboarding. It. Oh, you got to fireboard those mammer jammers. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Jeez. I don't think Omar appreciated the results. Mm-mm. Probably not. <laughs> he mm. probably didn't appreciate anything. Yeah, so that's... after Ariana. <laughs> um, after Ariana, we have Ikora. Um, everyone's favorite Vanguard Warlock mentor. Um, I'll let Blue take the next one because I know it makes his heart smile. Oh, Osiris. Uh-huh. No, Osiris. Osiris. So you want to get into the, uh, the theory that we You want to talk about the theory real quick? Let's, uh, do let's it. just talk Egyptian mythology for like an hour. Let's okay. <laughs> no, we already did that. I'm not allowed to do that. I get I get in trouble when I do that. Um, so there there is a really interesting theory on the origin of the Sunsinger class. Uh, this is actually this is from a while back. This was uh, written about a year ago by a user who goes by the name of I'm going to try to put this correctly. Ant face. I think that's how you pronounce that. I'm not really sure. <laughs> that's kind of how he said it in the video. Oh, did he? Okay. Oh, he made a video. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even you, see that he made the video. If you hit the link that Jay put in, in the show notes and in the mind map, there's at the very top of the Reddit page that he's like, if you're too oh, lazy okay, to yeah, read this, go to that. the YouTube video. And I'm like, okay, YouTube video. <laughs> See, I did the exact opposite. I just skip the intro because normally that's where the TLDR is. And it's like, I don't mm-hmm. really care. I'm going to read the entire post. Um, so anyways, this he, he lays out I mean, he lays out a pretty good uh, presentation. Um, again, this was about a year ago. So this would be before. Well, obviously, I think it would be before Rise of Iron. Am I doing my math right there? Yeah, right before uh, right no. Yeah, right in there. Has Rise of Art? Uh, anyways, I'm I'm bad with times. I've slept since then. Um anyways, he he lays out a pretty good uh 
a good theory on the origin of the Sun Singer, and he kind of ties it in with ultimately uh, to put a TLDR on it. He basically ties it in to Osiris as being kind of the the instigator and the father of the Sun Singer subclass, and especially the Fireborn Radiance. Uh, and not not actually for power or abilities, but actually for the knowledge and understanding, which I can I can get I, I can kind of get behind some of it. Um, my I th- the theory has holes in it. Uh, one of which he claims that Osiris didn't get the Vanguard commander position, but he did. Uh, so I think I, that, that was one of the big things that I was when I was reading through. I was like, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. He actually did become a Vanguard commander. Uh, he says that he didn't. Um, and then there was obviously the issue of with the rise of iron uh, and with the iron lords in general. We know that some of them we will talk about them in just a second. Um, we know that there were. There were Iron Lords and Iron Ladies, especially a lady in particular, uh, who kind of seemed to be Sunsingers. And we actually have a couple comments about Radiance in the time of the Iron Lords, which would be technically prior to Osiris being around uh, as far as we know currently. So timeline-wise, it's a good theory, but it's not quite correct on that front um in in his video he when he originally did this theory it was before oryx came out so okay so it was before time taken king okay yeah totally so that's where if if he had updates to the theory i don't i didn't read any but the video he was talking about waiting for oryx so yeah and that he he kind of talks uh near the latter half uh, he talks about the the foresight towards Oryx and Crota and the Hive um, within the Vex simulations and stuff. Like, I mean, he, he I I will give him this. This is a really well thought out theory. I totally see, except for a few, like I said, except for a few little a few little points. Um, which actually, the points that I disagree with don't actually detract from the overall theory. So. It's just the aesthetics that I have a problem with. Um, the underlying the underlying presentation of the information is really well done. I'm very impressed with this. I, I really enjoyed reading it uh, and making mental notes of things that I disagree with, which is kind of how I interact with pretty much anything that is presented to me. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. I definitely urge people to give this at least a, a, a once over. I mean, go into it knowing it is a year old. Uh, so it, it's, you know, it's had two DLCs that kind of, kind of jack with it a little bit, but mm-hmm. for, for the context of where he was writing it from, or they were writing it from, uh, it's a really, I, I think it's really well done, but yeah, that's my, that's my, my, der, my, uh, side note of Osiris. Well, okay. Well, and then also, why is Osiris, why do we consider him a Sunsinger? Um, well, duh. Uh, no. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Explain Sorry. it Whoa. to the people at home. That is next level, <laughs> next level explanation right there. 
Osiris, wow. Osiris was uh, there's there's a lot of instances in which disciples of Osiris are described as being in a state of radiance. Uh, the Osiris symbol is that of the eye, which is the sun. Uh, Osiris himself is connected to the the Greek god Ra, and um, and then there's the fact that Osiris was the vanguard commander, which is basically the equivalent of a mentor. And anything that you know about the vanguard mentors, which is the same reason we put Ikora here, is that the vanguard mentors are exactly that. They are mentors to new guardians. They are meant to teach the new guardians basically the ropes of their particular classes, uh, which I mean, kind of means that they have to be at least somewhat knowledgeable and at least somewhat cognizant of how to operate in each of the subclasses. You can't you can't teach if you don't know what you're doing. Um, we kind of got into a tiny debate about that in chat, on especially with like the the third subclass, because it's yes, Ikora goes into kind of teaching you how to do the stormcaller. But Cade doesn't actually know how to be a night stalker. Well, yeah, and, uh, the, the problem with the night stalker is if we ever get that topic, we will. Um, oh, my goodness. That'll be great. Yeah, if we get Night Stalker, we'll talk about that a little bit. The The problem with the Night Stalker class in particular, and this is kind of the same problem with the Sunbreaker class, um, is that they, like with Night Stalker, they have apparently a limited reservoir. With the Sunbreakers, they're not allowed. Um, and Stormcaller, I think Ikora has like a basic understanding of Stormcaller, but it apparently is very... It makes people very nervous. And yes, okay, chat chat pointed out, Ra is not a Greek god. Apparently, I got excited and blended all my words together. <laughs> Ra is an Egyptian god. I am not an, I'm not a full idiot. I am only partially an idiot. Um, so I, I might not be able to speak well, but I do know what I mean to say. So yes, Ra is Egyptian, not Greek. Yeah. Wow, that was the worst way of saying you were wrong, like ever. I'm not wrong. Just Justin's it. wrong. It was Justin's fault. I didn't do it. I would never say Ra was Greek. Now, if his name was like Ramalamadopoulos, <laughs> yeah, no, not just straight Ra. I'm so sorry if anyone who's listening is Greek. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Going from Osiris, the the light side of the Sun Singer, to kind of the dark side of the Sun Singer. Why do we think Tolan is a Sun Singer? Oh, okay. Is it his his uh, obsession with the Irut, perchance? No. Well, I mean, so there's there's the concept of again the song. There is actually we actually have a I'm going to pull it up real quick. It is a quest for the Sunsinger that is called Complete the Path. Uh where did it go? Did I not link it in here? Womp womp. Google. Yay. No, it's uh, I think it's Complete the Path. But anyways, it's a quote by Toland, and 
Yes. Complete the path five, which uh, I'll make sure I'll, I'll rectify this and I'll complete the map. But it's Tolan's journal and it's a quote that says, I have left searing footprints on the dark side of the moon. I have stood on the spires of Mercury chilled by the solar wind. I have stretched my wings and I have flown. That is po- that is what is possible when you understand the sun's song. Okay, so Toland was a sun singer. Yay! And Toland Toland was also a void walker. So I mean, like he was one yeah. of the few. He was one of the few guardians, other than our own, that uh, actually seemed to have mastered both classes or both subclasses at the time. Uh, obviously, at that time, stormcallers weren't in the game. They technically were around, but we don't really know where they were. The history of where they yeah, were. Yeah, he was a renaissance man. He uh, figured it out. Charmed, Charmed in chat says that Stormcallers, according to Ikora, are very rare, especially for younger Guardians. So, yes, there you go. Takes a lot of concentration. To fully release yourself into the storm. Yes. Talk about being zen. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so keep doing it what's jinx this? jinx keep doing it keep what's doing the it. uh what's the scorey are we okay do you want me do you want me to defend scories yes okay i i love i love scorey i know that perun and all those other guys are cool but i love scorey and i love scorey's uh yeah perun's better but okay <laughs> I just love Scory's sass. Yeah, I love the the poems. Whoever wrote the cards for Scory, where Scory is just being sassy, uh, I want to meet that person and her, thank them because those her, her are some and of the Gellion, best lines. Her and Gellion's oh, yeah. little spat. It's amazing. Oh my god, <laughs> so good. It's so good. Hey, I don't suppose you'd be willing to cut out your name's second syllable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's it's just freaking hilarious. Why don't you just change the meter if it bothers you that much? Change the change the meter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, let me yes. see. Scory's from one of the missions, or is hers actually in her card that it talks about Scory well, being in Sun Singer? So there's Scory is the bard. Who writes mm-hmm. the the Iron Song? Um, you have Scory's dirge that says she's a part. That the flavor text says they they say she's apart from the Iron Banner, yet she yet she sings songs of her lost companions. Um, you have the lingering song, which is uh, forged in honor of Scory. She of sage counsel and joyful song. Uh, you have the Iron Camelot. Yeah, who, she who sang the Iron Song. Uh, whenever you see Scory, you um, see Song. And then there's Scory's Iron Bond. And then the flavor text there says, rise above so that you may lift those below. So just to kind of keep in with the trope of what a bard generally does in D&D, besides, <laughs> besides just annoying the crap out of everybody in the party, they buff people. Yeah. So she's going to be the... Not the resurrect type necessarily, but the one that does all the buffing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so yeah, she she is she is the bard, the iron bard of the of the group. Uh, I want to say, 
I thought there was a, there was an actual Charmed reference to someone. Scory's card. Has yes. It. Okay. Yes. Uh, Scory's card does have it. The third to last paragraph. Uh, one of the younger Iron Lords is giving her sass and telling her that she wasn't paying attention to the the. Uh, I guess it would be a skirmish plans. And she goes on and she says, Hunters up top, 11 o'clock on the ridge. Two shots to the servitor draw their attention up. I come in with radiance. Dregs are blinded. Yolder's powered up. She rushes rushes in and splits them in half. You hopefully don't trip over your cloak like you did back at the flood zone. But I'm not optimistic. Again. That doesn't rhyme, though. <laughs> it doesn't have to do everything in song. And that also that's also where we get a confirmation that Fellwinter was a Voidwalker. Because... She oh, says, that a haiku? Fellwinter Fel finishes off the South group with a bomb. So those are our confirmed ones. So do we want to talk about the guys who we think are theoretically? Sure. Real quick. Let's do it. So the first one we have is Pujari. And I, I'm in the camp that Pujari isn't. Heretic. You tell me why you think Pujari is. Heretic. Okay. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Okay, so if uh, this is actually completely breaking kind of fourth wall, um, if you look at what a, a Pujari is, uh, there it's a Pujari is basically a Hindu temple priest, and it comes from... It, it, it's come from the word puja, which is a, worship, a word for worship. But the other thing that a Pajari is, is actually um, trying to find where I went to get this. Uh, Pajari, if I'm completely remembering this, is also the name of a offering that you burn in you burn in a religious process within the Hindu temple. I'm trying, I'm butchering this and that's because I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but it is actually a thing that you burn in order to uh, help you meditate and pray. So a Pajari is actually something that is lit on fire. Uh, it is also actually a, a priest, which kind of ties into the legend of the Black Garden card as well. Um, mm-hmm. The legend of the Black Garden card is not enough is not enough to prove that he or she is a sun singer, though, because in that card they are resurrected by a ghost. They are not self resurrected. Uh, we do know that Pajari was a Thanatonaut because in that card is where you get the when you fell from the shores of time, which is the the crucible map uh that's jumping off i think i think they were trying to capture point b and just slipped and fell but um regardless as you do but yeah that that's where that's where kind of my my connection kind of comes from is uh is the connection to a him uh the the temple priest i mean yeah, I it's just there's not enough. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, sure. I I completely completely <laughs> agree. That's why I firmly put them in the theorized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very very spurious connection there, Blake. Right. Oh no no yeah. 
I opened that with that qualifier. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about it? I'm proud of you. Yeah, okay. So you know what? I'm not wrong this time around. Pajari is not a Greek temple priest. It is a Hindu temple priest, in case I messed that up, too. I don't think Uh, you're going to talk about. No. Do we want to bring this full circle and get some (laughs) symmetry? (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Ulantan. So, yes, Ulantan is. Eh, I don't even know. Here's the thing is like, I'm still on the fence. If Ulantan is even a guardian, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. You look him up in Destipedia, Destinypedia. Oh, everyone has them referred to as a guardian. Yeah, they have him referred to as a warlock of some sort. But uh, I'm trying to remember. I mean, like the only the only thing that we know is that he he or she I think it was a he has connections to the symmetry, which is the theory that do 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 do. The thesis that considers the darkness is a necessary symmetry to the traveler in a cosmic balance, which is the symmetry. In this view, the traveler's goodness led it to sacrifice for others, and it is up to us to return this goodness by healing the traveler. So it's very kind of zen kind of balancing of everything. Um, I mean, like, we hear a lot of the theory from Ulantan. Uh, we, we know, like, the the. Th- thread that I think a lot of people kind of use to defend that he was a guardian is one of the talk to Ikora missions where Ulantan is quoted saying the sun singer is proof. The light is everywhere. The wings of radiance allow a guardian to fly beyond the veil. What further proof do you need speaker? Okay. So my counter argument to that is that he never said once in there that it was him. Mm-hmm. He said the sun singer the wings of radiance allow a guardian and he's speaking to the speaker. Sure. But I, 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 there's, there's different ways of reading that particular card. Um, he has a burial ring, which is kind of an odd thing for a guardian to have. If you have a, he's also, I mean, we also know he's dead from the city age card too. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, he's like, he's even more dangerous in death than mm-hmm. or teachings are too dangerous. Who knew he'd be more trouble dead than alive? I mean, you have a burial ring, which implies that you had a body to bury, which is kind of odd for a guardian, uh, because if you have the body, but you don't, I don't know, like, it, it, there's too many, like, tenuous points there for me that I, I don't even know if he's a guardian, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's just my, but I know a couple people think that he's a warlock, and so I, I threw him on there. Um, mostly again, because of the talk to Ikora, this is the 16th instance where he speaks about the sun singer and the wings of radiance. I know some people made the argument that that was, that was the case of him speaking of his own experiences. So, uh, the other interesting thing about Ulantan is we actually learn that, Tan, and I think we talked about this. What did we talk about this? We talked about this a little while ago. Uh, Tan is a title. It is not a um, Thanatonauts. That's when we talked about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last week. Yeah. Hey, my week has been a 
a cluster. Uh, But yeah, Tan is actually not a part of a name. It is actually an honorific title. So we learned that with the Karadtan, the sins of Karadtan, I think. But yeah, that's that's Ulantan's defense. And then anyone anyone recognize the last one? She's from one card, Ghost Fragment Titan. Mm-hmm. She has a couple. She has a uh, she has two she has items, items too. Yeah. She's she's one of the uh, two names. No, yeah, just two. I yeah, guess two. Other ones yeah. repeated. Uh, she's Ugh. also one of uh, Jake's guardians that appeared in Watermelon Exos. I think it's. I don't Lisa? see Lisa. Why Lisa? Lisa? Lisa. I don't see why this one would be considered. I mean, I I get why she's considered a warlock. But why? Well, she, we know she's a warlock. I think from the Titan card. Well, okay. We don't know if that that line is actually referring to Lysa and Bale, though. Because okay. So oh, the, I see what you're saying. Okay, no, uh, I I totally can see that. Yep, yep, yep. And then, I mean, they call her the Lighthearted in the items, but I don't. I mean. Well, and like the the warlock class, so the bond, no footprints is the bond. Uh, mm-hmm. She says, "Gravity, oh that nuisance! I never bother with it." So that would, I it, would say that's a storm caller more than. Um, oh, that's a that's a good point. That is a good point. Because they don't actually touch the ground. Because when they, they go super. Palpatine, they they like mm-hmm. flying. I mean, that's where the other connection for her being a warlock is, but. That's uh, a bit tenuous in and of itself as well, um, because we have different quotes from different people. Uh, the warlock leg is the samsara, uh, and she just says, "I'm glad I can't remember. Start fresh, you know." So there's there's a and there was no really confirmation there either. Um, yeah, I can totally see no footprints actually being a nod to the stormcaller as much as it is to a sunsinger, because I was thinking wings. But you're right. The sun, the stormcallers like their little force power. Their floaty floatiness. Landfall. Way too fast. <sighs> they are fun to play, though. I wouldn't know. I actually do enjoy. Like, I can do some major damage as a sun or a stormcaller. I cannot do as a sun singer. Well, it, no. Me. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, did we lose Justin? Uh, no, I'm here. He's a, he's just picking his name. Yeah, no, I life. was I was deep in thought about Ulantan. <laughs> so what are what are your thoughts? Reach. What are your thoughts on the symmetrical nature of Ulantan? Um, he kind of looks the same coming as he does going. <laughs> That type of thing. His backside's as pretty as the front side. Is that what I just heard? So Justin Justin yeah. Justin hates seeing him go but loves watching him walk away. The, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well I think I mean we can go on and on about I mean, especially with music of the spheres. Um mm-hmm. 
I think the best thing for right now, though, is if you guys want. So we have what what we've started real quick to just keep everyone in the loop. We have the mind maps, which we do every week for all the topics. What I've actually started doing is we we, we have reformatted them completely. They are I, I'm hoping that they're a little bit easier for everyone to read. They're a little bit more accessible. Uh, but what I've also started doing is uh, in the note, we have added a node called community chat notes. On that node, I am trying to every week link a log file to archives from the Focus Fire chat channel inside the Discord. So if anyone has any interest at all in going back and seeing the actual chat, that is there now. Um, and then what we've also started doing is we've started throwing uh, green has been helping me do the summaries. Uh, and so we've started putting those in there as well. We've tried to, we've tried to orchestrate or organize these things so that they're a little bit more, just a little bit more streamlined in the way that people can read them. There's a discussion points, then we call out specific resources and then any notes really, we kind of try to throw in a particular aspect as well. Uh, let us know, let it, give us some feedback on the mind maps. If you guys don't mind, give us, give us some feedbacks. And actually I kind of made a comment in chat earlier today as well. What I'm kind of asking is if you guys haven't already, if you have, uh, I want to thank you again, but if you haven't already, please give us some feedback over on iTunes. It's, uh, one of the easiest ways that we have. It's a really quick way for you guys to get a hold of us. Uh, and it actually kind of, you know, it, it's a way that I actually get kind of a notification and you don't have to send an email. So you don't, you know, I know some people are kind of leery about emails, um, but you can do uh, comments on the Podbean site or iTunes. iTunes has their rating system. Uh, I know we were having a bit of a chat in the discord server about that earlier today, but, um, or yesterday, was it yesterday that I did that? My days are seriously blending together. You asked for people to do it today. If today, that's what okay. You're referring to yay, I'm not completely out of temporal sync. Um, but yeah, so if you guys haven't done that and you, you don't mind just giving us a giving us a quick bit, good or bad. By the way, if there's stuff that we do that drives you up a wall, please please let us know so that we can mm-hmm. we can fix it. That's the entire point of feedback is. You know, criticism is not something that I I don't have any problem with. Criticism actually helps us get better. So please give us some of that. Um, And then, yeah, that's pretty much the the big thing that I think is we kind of have solidified the mind map format. I think I think it's for me, it feels like it's working a little bit better. Green, is it? It's not as hard to get started now. Okay. So I feel like it's a lot easier to actually start inputting things because there's kind of a set way we're doing it now. Beforehand, if you want to see an example of a crazy map, go look up the Osiris map. Mm -hmm. Um, That thing, A, is a monster because... I don't know what you're talking about. Blue has been adding to it over the three years. It's it's a little big. It's just... I need to go oh, back and update that actually again. You, okay, so if you haven't been in the mind map before, 
the way the thing works is it pulls up the screen and you can read all the text when it first pulls up. You can read all the text within a very limited area. You see the big center thing and then it branches out like your old word bubbles that you did back in grade school. Well, you have to, with the Osiris, you have to click out 12 times to see the whole map. You have to zoom out 12 it's times. It's the size of Texas. Wow. It's the size of Texas blue. I only know one other map that you've done that's bigger. That's And fair. that's one that nobody can get to. That's true. I'm going to look at the Osiris map real quick. Is it's it really huge. that bad? Oh, geez. It's, yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. It's huge. I guess like um, whatever, whatever I tap into mind maps, I'm so usually focused in on one particular thing. Yeah, that's because I have the entire hive hierarchy in there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing to go on top of what Blue was talking about reviews, a lot of people, and this is something I've kind of noticed the last couple of years, we're special. Everyone who's on in Twitch right now and everyone who downloads this podcast, you're a special kind of person because you understand how podcast works. There are a lot of people out there who still don't understand how podcast works or don't even know what a podcast is. Another way you can help us, if you don't do the review on iTunes, another way that you can help us out is by actually sharing the podcast with somebody else. So even if they're not into huge Destiny stuff, share some of the extra lore. If they want to learn more about kind of the background stuff that goes on in gaming and cosplay and stuff like that, share the behind the scenes. That's another way that you can help us out by growing our community, at least in a little way, even if you're not going to do a review for us. So tell them about podcast and show them, show them the way of the podcast. It is amazing. That's my kind of two cents on. Well said. Getting, getting the, getting the thing out there. I, I shared the Osiris mind map in the Twitch chat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> everyone's See? like, why would you everyone's like, why? <laughs> why okay. would you do that to them? Okay. There's a reason why Blue refers to me as the person who has dives into the madness of the mind maps. This is the reason why his mind map of Osiris. He didn't even show me. Like he didn't even. I won't even look at that it. Map. Yeah. Justin. Justin that. refuses to look at it. Oh it's like God. the Ark of the Covenant. If you look directly at it, you'll you'll turn yeah. your face will melt off. Yeah, your face will melt oh, off. God. There you go. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. Oh, that's funny. DJ's saying that he's going to sharpen a red pencil. No, he he has a he has an editor friend that he shared the uh, link with. <laughs> she is sharpening okay. a new red pencil. Emphasis on new red pencil. That's funny. <laughs> I like. It. Oh yeah. man! All right. Well, you want to roll two shout outs real quick? I know we kind of did final comments there, but you guys have any specific yeah. shout outs? Green. Uh, my only shout out is to mel we hope you get are able to get back here soon because the one podcast that we've been on together i think it was only one it was fun so i want her to come back so please go give her some love on twitter tell her we're thinking of her and then also the new poll for the book club is up in discord so if you want to read the discord 
read along with us in our uh, book club type thing that we're doing. We're, we did a read along this month of American Gods. We're almost finished with it. We're getting into some of the crazy psychedelic stuff right now, which I'm loving. And next month, we don't know what we're doing yet, and we need to find that out. And the only way we can do that is if you guys go and vote. So come vote for the Discord book club, and then we will dive into nice. crazy with that. Tag, somebody else is it. Justin, what about you? All right. As always, big shout out to my uh, clan DOD Chattawhite crew for not collectively getting on a plane, flying to Texas and dragging me out in the street and beating me down for not <laughs> making yet a, a yet again. Only one of raid, them did it, so. right? Yeah. It would just, all, all it would take is two. All it fair, would take is enough. two. Um, but yeah, yeah. Thanks guys for bearing with me through this busy time and um, a preemptive shout out to everyone who is going to come and, uh, Join us tomorrow night for a special stream. Right? Guardians Blue? Against Humanity. Guardians Against Humanity. Leave your standards and your morals at the door. But uh, bring your we alcohol. We have no use of them. Yeah. Plenty of alcohol. Well, Or as, or as Green calls it, the adult beverages. The well, adult okay. beverages will be flowing like water. This is this is for those for those who uh, who those those who come to our Twitch channel. Uh, we so we try to cle- keep blah, 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 blah. we try to keep the podcast. Gosh, man, I the podcast. Not, the podcast. What's the, a podcast? I, I don't know. Um, we try to keep the podcast clean. <laughs> for man, there is a lot of consonants in that sentence. Um, What's clean to like help North America, uh, iTunes. Africa? Stop it! The uh, <laughs> to keep it clean so that iTunes and all the places that it flows out to via RSS feeds don't have to don't have to like restrict who gets to listen to it. People who come to our Twitch channel usually for the first time will notice that we have a maturity warning on the Twitch channel. This is not for the mm-hmm. podcast; it's for the actual game streams because you know we are gamers, we are adults. We vent our frustrations verbally, and when you play first-person shooters, those kind of can get it can get heated. Um, and so that's actually what these are for. It's actually for the Guardians Against Humanity stream, where it kind of we play we play Cards Against Humanity. Just put it that way. Anyone who's ever played Cards and, Against Humanity knows where this goes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also zombies. Oh yes, and and zombies. So there's that fact. Anyone who's played a game of zombies and not cursed. He's either is either a an ordained priest, and in which <laughs> no, case I would I no. Would, even they curse. Even they curse. I would say mm-hmm. why? Why are you playing zombies? Or B is a mute. Is a mute. <laughs> and by zombies, he means zombies in Halo. If that's what infection. Isn't there H one Z one? That's that's the that's the only kind <laughs> for you. <laughs> All right. Well, email topic for next week is going to be over the gunslingers. So if you guys have any thoughts, questions, uh, comments on that, please email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com. And then, yeah, I think I've done enough shout outs before we actually got to the shout outs. So that, that will be my only my only shout out this week. So 
We will see you guys. For those who are in Twitch, we will see you guys tomorrow night. For those who review in Discord, we'll see you in about five minutes. And for everyone else, we'll see you next week. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes each week, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions for our team concerning the podcast and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes or through email as well. Be sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on the guardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright. <laughs>